This call is now being recorded. Hello? Hi, this is Andre. Oh, uh, hi, how's it going? This is Jake. Hey, Jake. Um, if I, if I mentioned a specific board game to you, do you think you would know what I'm talking about? So, can you repeat that, sorry? If I mentioned a specific board game to you, do you think you'd know what I'm talking about? Ah, uh, probably. <laughs> My, the, the most recent thing that we got at A to Z is, um, the game Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. From Ravensburger. And, uh, the, um, I was very skeptical that my, um, 11, 8, and 5 year old would be able to all play it together. And, yeah. it's been amazing. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, there's two versions of it. There's Labyrinth and Labyrinth Junior. And mm-hmm. growing up, I had a brother that was like five years apart from me in age. And that was like the one game that we could actually play together that was still fun for me, even though there was such a huge age split because, you know, it's, it's got a really simple concept in that you're moving through a maze trying to get treasure and stuff. So it's really fun right from there. But the fact that the whole maze moves as you, you know, push the tiles across the board and you're changing the maze every time, uh, it makes like, there's a lot of strategy and thinking for thought you can put into it. Um, but it's so basic what you're actually doing that the younger kids can still kind of play. So yeah, it's such a good game. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised because, uh, when I was looking at the instructions, I was thinking, um, this is going to be too complicated for them when the, because the board is moving every single turn. They right, can get frustrated right. and now they love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. So yeah, game, games <laughs> is a huge part of our, our store right now. So we, uh, we we love our games and we spend a lot of time like kind of vetting them, playing them and stuff. I have a six year old right now too, so we get a lot of good uh, game testing in there. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Andre Boulay, co-owner of A to Z Science and Learning Store, for agreeing to be on Northampton podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so how uh, how long have you been a co-owner of A to Z? Uh, so me and my wife uh, took the business over just about five years ago. This is our fifth Christmas, anyways. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, do you, do you count time by Christmases? Yeah, pretty much <laughs> in the toy <laughs> industry. So so much of our work is uh, kind of up in the air until we hit Christmas time. It's a little bit like farming. You know, you work all year and then kind of wait until Christmas hits, and that's that's really when. Um, <laughs> we we actually succeed as a business. It's kind of crazy, but uh, yeah. So five years, um, and then the business is actually 32 years old now. So, did you take over from the original owners? Yeah, correct. Yeah, it was Jack and Priscilla Finn, who um, still technically are the landlords. Too, they still own the building that we're in. So we just purchased the actual business itself from them. Um. So they own the building and you own the store. Uh, mm-hmm. Are they still are they still around? Uh, do you see them? Uh, yeah, so yeah. Or? They uh, we've got a good relationship. They don't really have any uh, current uh, you know aspects in the business itself. Um, but Jack uh, is nice enough to actually help us shovel sometimes. Uh, <laughs> he was a uh, he was a big part. We uh, teach yo-yo classes three days a week at the store. Um, and he was one of like the, the main teachers at the time and stuff. So he'll kind of pop in still and say hi. And a lot of the kids still know him and stuff like that. 
But um, yeah, mainly like they uh, they helped us the first year in transition, kind of you know taking it over and making sure we kind of understood all the inner workings and stuff like that. And then they were really good in terms of stepping aside and letting us kind of take over and and you know redesign certain aspects and try and breathe some life into places that we thought we could. What kind of changes did you make? A lot of it was under the hood stuff too. Um, visually, the the front of the store has always been pretty stunning and you know exciting and interesting. Um, we've done things that like I remember going in from my childhood that I was most excited about, which is kind of like trying to find as many ways to get people hands on with toys as possible. So like that's mm-hmm. one of the big things we really. We would look for anywhere we can, like, kind of put a play table or have somebody experience it. We spent a lot of time, um, like, working with the staff and trying to get them to feel really confident, like, putting toys in people's hands as well as just getting mm-hmm. them the experience they need in terms of playing with it. Um, yeah, it, it takes, you know, it's a lot of... <laughs> to- toys are a funny thing because it's a, it's a very specific request people come in for when they're looking mm-hmm. for something. Um, and the knowledge that the staff has to have um, is very much experience-driven. They have to kind of experience the product to really understand. And then even then, um, it's tricky because they have to kind of understand development across lots of ages with kids and mm-hmm. interests. Because, um, like, we actually play this game with the staff that we came up with after we took the store over um, where we kind of throw all the different variables in a box. Um, we call it super suggestions. And so what happens is we, we pull out a piece of the paper and, you know, gamify it. It's kind of the, <laughs> how, how we approach a lot of stuff in the store to keep things fun. Um, but we'll pull out, like, okay, you've got, you know, a two-year-old child who has special interest in cars and, you know, a $20 price limit and it has to fit in a suitcase because the person's traveling. Um, and so we play that game with the staff and we learn from each other, too, in terms of, like, what suggestion um, you know, makes sense or, or if there's a better product in mind. Um, and it's a good opportunity for us to get hands on. So a lot of stuff like that where it's like, you know, coming from working the actual sales floor was a really, uh, good, uh, advantage on our part because we had a lot of experience in terms of actually working hands on with the customer and knowing what they want as well as being that staff person trying to fill in the blanks that, you know, the new person won't necessarily have. So you used to, you and your wife both worked um, as salespeople at A to Z. Yeah, I actually started when I was in high school. Um, I uh, took a yo-yo classes at the store. That's kind of what kind of you me into it. I'd always visited the store growing up in Northampton. I grew up in Blandford in the hill towns. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Northampton is always a cool town to go visit growing up. So <laughs> lots, of, lots of good memories even when A to Z was in Soren's Marketplace because that's where it started. It was in Soren's mm-hmm. for 10 years. Um, and then it moved to where it is now on King Street. And yeah, I started doing yo-yo classes, got really, really into yo-yos and got sponsored by a company. And I always thought the coolest thing to do would have a job like doing something with yo-yos because I loved it so much. And so they were able to kind of hire me as a, you know, sales person at the store with the idea, idea being that I could teach yo-yo classes there. Uh, it was kind of like the main, main point. And I always loved teaching kids, you know, how to yo-yo and stuff. So that really took off. So that was high school and to college for me. And uh, I met my wife at college. We both went to UMass Amherst. And uh, she started working at the store a couple years in. So between the two of us, we had like 18 years of experience working at sales floor there. So were you dating her and you were like, is this, she needs a job? And you're like, come work with me at A to Z. It's 
Yeah, pretty much at some point, uh, she had, had some sales experience too. Uh, I mean, she, her, one of her first jobs out here anyways was like working at Bath and Body Works in the mall and stuff and they're super mm-hmm. on top of like sales and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, we, uh, we've always liked working together and so it was kind of just a good opportunity. We didn't really push the <laughs> previous owners into it. Um, cause they weren't always like a big fan of hiring couples, you know, to work in the actual <laughs> store, but I think they felt like it was a good fit at the time and, uh, clearly it worked out. So, <laughs> so how do you go from, uh, employee to an owner? Yeah. Um, well, it wasn't, it was kind of a natural organic progression to, to that point. We, we both worked at the store a lot. And I had actually left the store um, to pursue my graduate degree. I did a master's at UMass in the neuroscience and behavior program they have. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was working in a lab and stuff like that doing research. And my wife had graduated from college with a graphic arts degree and stuff. So she was doing a little bit of graphic arts on the side. And we'd actually started a separate business um, selling yo-yos through the Internet um, called Yo-Yo Expert. And, uh, that business really took off in 2008 and we continued to grow it, uh, for a good four or five years. And the previous owners of A to Z were looking to retire. They both had had some elderly parents that, um, they kind of saw like as, as I hit a certain age, uh, decline in health and stuff. And they felt like they really wanted to see A to Z survive and that if they were going to help A to Z, you know, into the future that they should look for new people to take over so they could retire. And it was kind of mm-hmm. just the right timing. We had established, you know, a really strong working business, at least through the internet. We had a lot of experience with retail inside the store, um, and a lot of the good business background and stuff like that. So it was kind of like a good opportunity for both of us at the time. There must be a big difference between having, um, you know, a virtual store and then having a physical <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, they both have a lot of pros and cons to them. Um, you know, the pros being like, you know, with the internet, you can kind of run all the time and, uh, you know, you're not necessarily having to be on a sales floor and there's a lot less overhead, obviously. Um, but mm-hmm. with A to Z and having an actual physical location, you can do a lot more in terms of experience and being in front of people. And the community of Northampton is just really supportive of us. Um, so we find that like that has made us pretty resilient throughout the years. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's definitely totally different game, but, uh, we do learn from each one how to apply like principles and ideas to each side, which is really nice. Did you have like a, um, cause it sounds like you had a very, a very positive, um, feeling about A to Z, um, just from, from working there. I mean, it seems you, you end up, Starting a yo-yo company and you learn to yo-yo there, right? <laughs> so, I to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yep. were you worried that you would, were going to mess it up? <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, yeah, it is the, there's a lot of moving pieces to it. Um, cause we actually, we, you know, have like 300 different vendors we order from and more than 10,000 different unique items in the store. Um, and, you know, a lot of the flavor of the store, the curation and everything was really, uh, from the previous owner, Priscilla, she did all the buying and kind of carefully selected everything and planned like how much to order. And, uh, especially going into Christmas season too, we, uh, 
you know, we might sell, you know, one or two of this product all year and then you hit Christmas and you might sell three or four of something. And that is a very confusing thing to kind of figure <laughs> out and dial in. Um, and that's always was the biggest thing going into it is how do we figure out how to approach that, you know? And I mean, thankfully when we stepped into it, um, you know, there was a good framework and I was able to kind of develop a lot of good approaches that really has helped, you know, us kind of do a good job at that, I think. And we've got a really good team of people that are actually at the store and um, a lot of them stayed on through the transition with us too. So they have like a lot of good previous experience. Uh, what kind of pe- what kind of people are you talking about there? Um, so the one of the people that was working as a buyer is still is still there with us. She had worked mm-hmm. with Priscilla Buyer uh, for a couple so, of years before we took over, and then so her job yeah. is to to decide what toys to buy, essentially. Yeah, I mean, we actually we've turned it into much more of a collaborative effort now. So whereas before mm-hmm. it was mainly Priscilla, what we've done is like really tried to create like an open feedback system between. Uh, you know, myself, myself, my wife, and her, as well as, like, we've got a really amazing store manager um, who mm-hmm. has actually been at the store uh, since I even first started working there. Um, and she does all the merchandising, so she has an extremely high awareness and uh, of just, like, what we have, and she knows how it presents on the shelf and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of just good previous experience, too, in terms of what has worked and what hasn't. So as we bring new products into, we just kind of vet them to the team and try and go off previous experience and then as well as like how we feel about it to move forward with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that I feel like is remarkable about A to Z is there's this real balance between familiarity and um, and new. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering how, how do you strike that balance? I mean, I, I never feel like I go in there I have kids, as I said before, so I go in there kind of frequently. I'm very familiar with the store. Nice. And uh, I I never feel like I go in there looking for something and I can't find it or find something similar. But then at the same time, you know, always am discovering new things or something that seems like, oh, this seems like a better marble run. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's a good, uh, it's a good, good point no one's really ever asked me is, one of the key things that both the previous owner and ourselves have kind of moved forward with is we really try and have the store broken into really specific categories. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have like 20 different categories that we watch very closely. And we try and make sure that each category um, has both kind of what you said, familiarity to it. So there's strong products that everybody really wants and needs. Um, and like a marble run is like a perfect, uh, example actually. It's like one of our categories is construction and engineering. Mm-hmm. And so marble runs are kind of a core component to that. And so you always need to have like the classic marble run that you can start when a kid's three or four years old and mm-hmm. very natural in terms of the progression of that. Um, but then, you know, thankfully the toy industry has been really innovative, uh, with marble runs. And so we've got two different marble runs right now that are like, Amazing, and one of them has been out for you know quite a few years now called Cuba Maze, and uh, it's actually pretty cool. I remember I was at Toy Fair the year that they introduced it. Um, it was a Canadian company at the time. It's currently made by a company called Mineware, though, which a lot of people are familiar with. Um, but yeah, it was like at the time super innovative, and it still is like an amazing marble run. Um, but now people are familiar with it, even though it's like so crazy from what your classic marble run is, um, that Ravensburger mm-hmm. last year introduced one called Gravitrax, uh, which is like pinball meets marble run. 
And mm-hmm. we found, too, that it's really neat and that it scales, like it really bridges age gaps to an older mm-hmm. age. A lot of kids will tend to kind of outgrow model runs by the time they're 12 or so. We found that, like, adults, and <laughs> doesn't matter how old you get, the Gravitrack model run is just, like, visually so amazing um, and so <laughs> much fun to play with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we spend a lot of time in each category trying to make sure that we find, like, really interesting, exciting things in each category, um, as well as, like, kind of keep the core components that everyone wants and needs. So... Um, do you spend a lot of time going to conferences and fairs? And Yeah, I mean, it's an important part because we really need to get hands-on with the toys that we see. So we'll do two two shows a year, basically. The big one is New York in February at the Javits Center. And uh, it's funny because everyone comes from around the world to New York in February. It's like the worst time of year to be in New York <laughs> City because it's so cold and it usually just snowed. <laughs> And then uh, we also go to the Astra Convention, which is the American Specialty Toy Retailers Association. And they uh, do a really nice job kind of building a toy fair, and they also have a lot of really good workshops that kind of helps us come up with cool ideas uh, to engage with the staff, as well as just kind of come up with cool ways to, like, just keep things exciting and interesting. So, What do you mean by that, to keep things uh, so exciting the, and interesting? Yeah, so... One of the things we did this year, and it kind of came out of that and kind of came out of just wanting to try and and do fun stuff for the community. Um, last year, actually, it was the first year we kind of did it, and this year we, we furthered it. We did a thing where we uh, we had these crystal keys that we cut with A to Z's logo on them. Um, mm-hmm. And, and a, during a week around our birthday sale, we always try and do things, kind of remind people that were around during the anniversary of A to Z. We hid these keys around town and posted on social media, and everyone kind of had a certain amount of time to try and find the key. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was really fun. They got, you know, $100 gift certificate to the store and Mm -hmm. uh, got to keep the crystal key, which is pretty cool. So this year we kind of added to it, and we added created this whole story, and the toys had escaped to the store. So we had Mm -hmm. toys around all these businesses in town, and uh, kids were able to get a little passport, and if they went and Mm -hmm. found the toy, that little picture you could scratch off for a visual clue, um, they went and found all the toys in the different businesses downtown, and they were able to bring that back and uh, get this really cool, uh, crazy Aaron stinky putty. And then we mm-hmm. also had like a little party after hours, like invite only if you did the passport, and uh, mm-hmm. that was really fun. So things like that that just kind of help make things fun, you know. I think that's always been a core of the store is trying to, you know, really have a fun, exciting place where kids can still be a kid because we kind of feel like the world is it's different from even when I was growing up and we always want to make sure that we feel like there's a special place where like childhood is still very well preserved and the idea of like, you know, being curious and playful and just having fun, um, you know, is available to that, to our community. <laughs> you know, you mentioned that you, um, you, you try to get the, um, your employees to be comfortable putting toys into people's hands, I think is what you said. Reminds mm-hmm. me that, um, you know, I was at the store with my friend um, and she mentioned that she had this game um, that she had gotten there, but she tried to play it. She couldn't figure it out. And the salesperson, like, overheard us and was like, I can show you how to play that right now. And she <laughs> pulled out, you know, a, it was Rat-A-Tat Cat, and she pulled out a deck oh, yep, from, yep. you know, a hidden cabinet, and we just, we played, like, around. Um, and it was really <laughs> easy to understand. Um, and I was wondering, is that, 
is that something that you look for in employees or is that something that you um, kind of teach? Yeah, no, great, great question, actually. <laughs> um, it's funny. When we took over the store, I was under the impression that I could teach anyone how to do that. <laughs> and I think I found, I found very quickly, um, you can, um, but you'll have the most success definitely driven by a person's personality to be able to do that from the get-go. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, it goes both ways. You can't have your entire staff be the outgoing, crazy uh, <laughs> staff person. Um, you need a balance, too, um, to keep, you know, everything moving in the right way. But, yeah, it, it's definitely some people have the natural ability to connect with people like that and the confidence mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And we can always build confidence and build product knowledge and stuff, but some people aren't always as willing to approach people and be excited about a product. Um, mm-hmm. So we do spend a lot of time now when we're hiring, um, really trying to find, you know, the right person that has both, you know, kind of that, that personality as well as enthusiasm about, enthusiasm about like wanting to actually understand how a product works and plays with it. Because some people, you know, some people just aren't, <laughs> they don't know how to play with toys anymore. <laughs> and so... When we find the people that do and they're outgoing, I mean, that definitely makes a huge difference. Um, but, you know, we, we always work with whoever we, we hire in terms of really trying to give them that confidence. And, you know, very honestly, sometimes, like, in the first week, you know, I'll be like, oh, maybe this maybe this person is going to have a hard time, and then they'll completely surprise you and be one of the best salespeople once they gain the confidence and product knowledge. So. Mm-hmm. How... Um do you have a tutorial for employees to teach them how to uh, wrap anything? Or uh, <laughs> I mean, it's funny. Can, yeah. can I can I gift, take that gift. class? Because <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah, gift wrapping is is a huge um, component in terms of when people are first hired, and um, usually I I personally kind of run through uh, with each employee uh, kind of the inner workings of like what we want to see because. There is it. It can it can be kind of a complicated thing to teach. So everyone comes with varying experience on how to gift wrap, and uh, different shapes and sizes mm-hmm. of boxes can really, you know, require a lot of experience. So yeah, we do we do do a gift workshop with gift wrapping workshop with everybody that we hire and kind of runs them through all the sizes and techniques and stuff because um, it's really important that like you know everything is kind of you don't want to have too much paper and you want everything very well creased and you really mm-hmm. have to learn wrapping a cube is very different from wrapping a rectangle um, mm-hmm. and then when you start throwing in like things that are round or have weird mm-hmm. angles on them and stuff like that um, it really changes things up so yeah we do spend a lot of time actually on gift wrapping how to make the perfect presentation because that's a huge part when people go to birthday parties, they always know, you know, if something is from A to Z because they see all the presents. Uh, you know, they know immediately, oh, that one's from A to Z. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So is that, um, does it take, I mean, it must take a, a significant amount of time to get good at that. You must have, um, I would think you have people that are at different skill levels. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, luckily they get a lot of practice Saturday, Fridays, and Saturdays, and Sundays mm-hmm. are big birthday weekends for us, and birthdays are a big part of, you know, kind of throughout the year, what keeps us going. Um, so we get a lot of good experience, and we really just try and give people practice uh, wherever we can. 
and they get pretty good pretty fast. I, I do find that like within a week, somebody is pretty much ready to start wrapping the simple stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and then within a couple of weeks, they're usually ready to start wrapping the more complex stuff. And then once you get through a Christmas, you're usually pretty expert. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, I mean, the store never looks, uh, it, it, it doesn't look different, uh, that different around Christmas. Do you have storage somewhere that's just, yeah, so of inventory. Yeah, actually, the whole the whole back of the building actually um, is a warehouse. So we store a huge amount of inventory back there, and it actually turns into quite a, a puzzle um, trying to fit <laughs> everything in there because we have so much inventory during this month mm-hmm. that <laughs> you have to very carefully Tetris uh, all the pieces into place and have proper notes so that everyone knows where to look and and stuff. But yeah, we we fill both the front and the back of the store um, pretty crazy in terms of how much gets out there. So, Is there anything that you um, sort of won't or don't want to sell? You know, I mean, obviously A to Z is different than, I mean, Toys R Us doesn't really exist anymore, but A to Z right, is different right. than, you know, Target, Target or Walmart or, toy section. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think the the biggest differentiator to us is that like everything that we try to sell um, kind of has like a mission to it to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Um, I think a lot of toys that Target and Walmart tend to sell will kind of be driven by like what they think the kid wants versus what is mm-hmm. good for them to play with. And, and obviously, you know, having a six year old too, like, you know, there's still things sometimes that we don't sell that he'll want. And that's totally cool. Um, I think the biggest thing, honestly, is more just like the licensed stuff. So stuff that is like a toy that, um, you know, specifically selling like a character from a TV show that they mm-hmm. know or see and stuff like that. And we, we try and bridge some of that, um, with products that we know we really like. I mean, Lego is kind of the best example of that. Um, mm-hmm. because like we don't generally sell a lot of like, you know, we don't sell Star Wars action figures and we don't sell mm-hmm. like Star Wars like board games necessarily, but we do sell like, Star Wars Legos and stuff like that. Cause that's a really good way to kind of have something Star Wars for somebody who wants Star Wars. Um, and we look for a lot of, like, we look for just kind of innovative products when they are licensed stuff. So we look for things that, you know, one of the one of the other cool ones is we have these, like, metal works, they're called. It's like, 3D, kind of, like, hobby-style mm-hmm. kits where you can make, like, nice, cool metal sculptures and stuff. And so that's been really fun to have something. We've got, like, you know, like, even, like, a Game of Thrones. They've got some really cool like, mm-hmm. dragon characters that you can make from there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is just we don't do a lot of the license basic stuff, um, but we do try and, you know, carry toys that make kids think and make kids have fun and use their brains. Is that, like, about your sort of protecting your brand, or is that about we only have so much space we're going to, you know, put the things that we want to sell in that space? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly both, you know, because... Mm-hmm. I think uh <laughs> there there's not many times that we hit a product that we wish we had and couldn't carry if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um and and we do, you know, we really want like a lot of the stuff that Target and Walmart will have that we don't is definitely kind of driven by that licensed approach, I think, you know, it's trying mm-hmm. to sell something um based off the character and so we don't really feel like we need to do that um, as much because people come in and they see, you know, the real excitement and benefit of, like, whatever they're putting in their kids' hands to play with. 
Um, I think we always try and say like the toys that we sell are like impact toys and that mm-hmm. they kind of like have an impact on the kid's life. And a lot of times, you know, you'll have that toy that you remember growing up that you played with that made you, you know, want to go into a career. Like one of the best examples is like people that had like that awesome electronics kit and they learned how circuits work and go on to go into like mm-hmm. electronics or, you know, robotics or computer engineering and stuff. And they had all these toys that kind of helped grow that interest, you know. And I think that's the big thing for us is we look for those toys, like the toys that get people excited, um, you know, to, to grow those interests. So crucial. <laughs> I um, I'm always impressed by the the stuffed animals that you have. Oh um, yeah, we love our stuffed I animals. Mean, my sister, um, she needed um, a cockatoo. Stuffed animals for her son's Halloween costume. She's like, where am I going to get a cockatoo? And I was like, I'll be able to get you one. (laughs) Yeah, I picked it up when she left office and sent it to her. The stuffed animal is actually an interesting one because we we have about four or five different companies we order from. And, you know, that's another good example of a differentiator. Like a lot of the times you go to Target or Walmart and the stuffed animals they have, um, well, they're fine, but they tend to be more flamboyant or just mm-hmm. not as um, realistic or true to whatever the animal is. And that's kind of like the niche that we've really tried to focus on is like trying to find animals that are true to what they look like, at least uh, yeah. to the best of the company's ability to do that. And then, yeah, just trying like kind of, you know, have all the cool, interesting animals that everyone would, would want. <laughs> and it makes <laughs> it really fun. And um, we also, we love like the puppet company that we have, Folk Manus. Mm-hmm. And, an amazing range of just like incredible puppets and uh you know that kind of combination of puppet play with like just some really cool types of animals is one of those areas that people just love to go and and just sit in <laughs> we have people tell us that like i could just sit in the stuffed animal area <laughs> all day and it would just make me so happy um, it's just kind of that feel-good corner so staff spends a lot of time like grooming it and making it look you know <laughs> presentable and perfect (laughs) yeah and and that's another thing where it's at least it seems like every so often there's a new you know like i you know i never noticed you had a sloth before um a sloth so is that yeah don't you have a sloth yeah yeah we actually have two we have a couple different Mm -hmm. sloths but there was there was this amazing sloth puppet that we got that was really expensive Mm -hmm. too um, I didn't really, I wasn't sure if we would sell it. Sometimes we buy things uh-huh. too just because they're so visually amazing, um, mm-hmm. that it adds to the experience of the store. So a $95 sloth mm-hmm. puppet isn't necessarily something everyone's going to mm-hmm. buy, but of course mm-hmm. you love to play with it. And, yeah. um, yeah, like I, we saw it at a show actually. Somebody was carrying the sloth puppet around and it's, mm-hmm. you know, like half the size of a human and you hold it. Mm-hmm on your side so it kind of looks like it's holding on to you and you can move its head around and stuff and it just looks incredible um Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean i think those kind of wow pieces too are really important like trying to get people to just come in and like find something new and exciting that they just want to show somebody else too is part of what makes it such a fun experience in the store and what helps other people you know bring awareness to us too because you know like you said it's like oh i know where to go for that random mm-hmm. thing that no one else probably has. Um, cause mm-hmm. we do really try and do a good job to, to find those. <laughs> um, so how much time do the, 
do the employees spend with the toys? Especially, I'm thinking like the board games. You have so mm. many, and it's not the kind of thing like you know, unlike you know, a simpler toy, you can get the gist of it pretty quickly. But um, are there are there certain employees that are sort of tabletop experts, uh, or does everyone kind of oh, have totally. a familiarity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially when we when we bring new people on to obviously everyone's at different levels of game background experience mm-hmm. and stuff, and we've been lucky to have some really uh, exceptional game players who, mm-hmm. like one of our lead game players, worked at like another board game store for a while, and so she mm-hmm. had like a really good arsenal of game knowledge to her. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the staff really embraces playing with the games, you know, we, we mm-hmm. try and kind of leave those spaces open um, during the day for them. So like a lot of times, like during a slow afternoon in the summer, they'll like take the time to pull out a game and, and try and teach and play with everybody. Um, we do like actual like game nights for the staff themselves too occasionally mm-hmm. where they can just kind of come in just together as a staff and play, which has mm-hmm. been really helpful too. But yeah, I mean, there's no... <laughs> Like we can stand up in front of them, open a game, and talk about it, but it's mm-hmm. not the same as playing it. Yeah, and that's kind of the biggest differentiator. Is they really need to get hands on and play. And I mean, the other thing we do too is we have a regular game night, which uh, we postponed just during December because it gets so crazy in the store. But mm-hmm. we uh, set up tables in the front of Friday nights after our yo-yo school ends, and uh, mm-hmm. anyone can kind of come in and play a game. And mm-hmm. so we use that as a really good way to both experience the games and then kind of teach other people and you learn what really works that way and the staff gets a lot of product knowledge there too. So, yeah, game playing. So be... big... <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, so that, that'll start again um, like in January? Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, Friday night. So, mm-hmm. from like 6 to 8 o'clock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, yeah, I, just, I wanted to let you know that... Um, you know, uh, my parents come from out of town and, um, you know, they're always, you know, need to stop at A to Z and it's That's just, awesome. uh, <laughs> one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because, you know, I've, I've lived in a few places and, uh, I've been to toy stores and cities and, um, you know, small towns alike. And, um, you know, it just feels like, uh, a miracle that our, I don't know, small city happens to have this just amazing <laughs> toy store. It just really is oh, thank you. the best toy store. Um, and I kind of wanted to get a sense of what makes it that way. Yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate <laughs> the kind words, you know. Definitely, it, uh, it definitely is a lot of work. Um, but it's also, you know, feels really good. Like we love doing what we do and we have a lot of fun with it. And I think that's, you know, ideally shows and, in terms of the experience too, so it's great. <laughs> so, how can people find out more um, about uh, A to Z? Yeah, um, uh, I mean, we're obviously online. A to Z Science is kind of our our name, so A number mm-hmm. two Z Science. So you can find us at a to z science dot com, and mm-hmm. obviously on all the general social media platforms. We we have a lot of fun posting on Instagram and. Um, mm-hmm. We do a lot of different posts and stories and kind of share all sorts of funny things. We uh, we have a store cat that lives in the back. She kind of comes out occasionally, mm-hmm. and she's kind of become mm-hmm. a main main point in our Instagram feed. We have a hashtag, mm-hmm. where's cookie Wednesday, because it's, it's cookie, so we try and post where she's in the store or what she's up to and stuff like that. People have really a lot of fun with that. 
Um, yeah, so Instagram and Facebook, obviously. And then you can find us, uh, you know, right downtown Northampton or on King Street, crossing the Hotel Northampton. Super fun place to come explore. Mm-hmm. Has that, has that, um, the dinosaur skeleton been there the whole time? Um, yeah, they put it there a decent amount of time after they moved, but I, I want to say it's been a fixture for at least 15 years now. And uh, I was a local artist they found at the time, actually, to do it. And, yeah, it's it's such a visually stunning <laughs> piece. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Right? It, yeah, totally. Psychosaurus. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, actually, we have some really funky, awesome, cool art, like, on our bags. Um, mm-hmm. And the story, I had this really good friend who was a comic book artist out of Chicago. We had to do the art on the bags, and you can kind of see the stegosaurus on the side it looks like bones underground but if you look closely it's like the same as the stegosaurus that's out there yeah that's the brown bags <laughs> and they, they have the, yeah, the, the yeah. dense art yeah it looks yep. so old-fashioned it's yeah. great i love it yeah he's really amazing kind of encompasses everything that the store is so mm-hmm. yeah we, we try and have a lot of the visual things too so like you know besides the dinosaur on the front like when you come in like dinosaurs are obviously a really fun aspect we love dinosaurs and space and mm-hmm. things that make people think of what's fun in science you know chemistry and stuff like that science is in our name um and you know it's kind of funny because some people look and go oh science and learning store like maybe that doesn't sound fun <laughs> so we try to really <laughs> emphasize that you know we are a toy store first um it's just that our focus is on trying to find things that relate to science and learning that are really cool and fun um, but, but, you know, definitely toy and play is at the core of what we do. So trying to find those pieces that like kind of make that pop in people's heads, um, whether that is dinosaurs or <laughs> space or yo-yos and skill toys and what have you. So. And, um, and for, um, yo-yo school and all those events, I can find that stuff on your website too, I assume. Yeah, totally. Yep. We've got a whole tab for yo-yo school right on the website. That's, uh, we always generally three days a week, Tuesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, 4.30 to 5.30. We have a yo-yo team, actually, that we go around and do performances in the area. It's a lot of fun. And then, yeah, we do usually do events. We have an email list, too, people can sign up for. And, uh, yeah, we're always kind of trying to find cool ways to do something uh, to get people excited to come back in. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, uh, Andre Boulay, co-owner of A to yeah. Science and Learning Store. Thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> I'm Jacob Dukowski. This is Northampton Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just send your magical internet machine to northamptonpodcast.com to find out more. And thanks for listening, Northampton.